0: Jill Bennett sitting in for a semi this week. It is time now to check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. Good to hear your voice on the radio this hour early in the morning. Yes, yes. Great to be here. Uh, we're talking about a couple of very interesting stories today. We'll start with a potential conflict of interest. Yeah, we've got an accusation of conflict of interest against the cabinet minister, and the cabinet
1: minister has come back with her reply The matter is now in front of the Conflict Commissioner who resolves these things, so everything is in order. A messy uh, thing to explain, but basically what we have here is a Cabinet Minister who is in charge of uh, grants to environmental organizations. So it's Josie Osborne. Uh, She's Minister, the new Ministry of Land, Water, and Resource Stewardship. Uh, her organization has, or her ministry has, recently given a grant to a group called. So let me get the new name because uh, make way. I had to look it up. It's what used to be known as Tides Canada. So they get a grant from Osborne's ministry. The Liberals dig out the fact that last year the government, um, uh, sorry, Osborne's husband sold a piece of property to that group. So uh, her husband sells a piece of property to that group and the group then gets a grant from the government. Looks suspicious. Uh, however, let's get the whole story out there. Osborne's ministry uh, comes back with a statement. First of all, the minister is cooperating. This has gone to the conflict commissioner. The minister's cooperating. Second of all, the sale occurred before Osborne was in charge of the ministry. Third of all, When the ministry gave the grant to the group, Osborne had made sure that she had nothing to do with it. They do this in government. Um, Put up a firewall if you want. The deputy minister handles everything to do with it. It doesn't come across the minister's desk. She doesn't have anything to do with it. So all that goes to the conflict commissioner. And I will say, Jill, that one of the more positive changes in the time I've been covering B.C. politics... Back before we had a conflict commissioner, this kind of thing, minister would be accused, he or she would be under a cloud, be a matter really for public opinion to resolve it. It would go on. They'd be under a cloud. Now that we have a conflict commissioner, these matters go to the commissioner, and the commissioner decides whether there's anything here to warrant further investigation or whether, from the commissioner's reading of things, no, the ministry covered itself off here. So it's not just a question of appearances anymore, question of a verdict from an independent officer of the legislature. Uh, and the new commissioner has this in hand. Uh, that's where the matter is. And uh, really, that's where it should be. Uh, Victoria Gray uh, is looking over it right now.
0: And, and you mentioned that, too, kind of how things have changed. So also changes for the the minister as far as continuing to do her work, I suppose, while this investigation or while this is being looked at.
1: Yeah, no, it's true, Jill. You know, when... I mean, I'm thinking back to when the New Democrats took office uh, at the beginning of the 1990s, and and we just established the idea of a conflict commissioner. And in in those days, you had questions about whether or not a cabinet minister who was married to a school teacher could deal with education issues, could deal with public sector bargaining where teachers' union might be getting a raise, we had a minister in that government whose husband was heavily involved in land use issues. So the feeling was that she couldn't have any ministry, and so she ended up as speaker of the legislature. So the the great thing about an independent conflict commissioner is we now have rules and guidelines around these things, and it. It doesn't end your political career the way it used to sometimes to be accused of a conflict of interest. And it didn't just become a he says, she says. We've not had as many cases of conflict of interest because we have the guidelines. And we also have the, the great rule for politicians that was created by the late H.A.D. Oliver when he was commissioner. And when ministers would come to him with, do I have a problem with this? Should I take this grant? Should I, you know, take this trip? Um, Should I get involved in this at all? And Oliver's rule was always, well, I don't give verdicts ahead of time. I do give advice. But he said, What you need to ask yourself is, how would you feel if this story, this grant or whatever you're doing here, uh, ended up on the front page of your hometown newspaper? Because that was ultimately the test. But uh, the commissioners over the years have done a really good job of advising politicians ahead of time, of avoiding a lot of problems down the road. And they've issued guidelines, too. So I'm looking over the preliminary uh, accusation and the preliminary response from the minister. And I think it's a matter that belongs with the commissioner. But I also think that Osborne's initial explanation looks to me like the kind of thing that in the past did not result in a verdict of conflict of interest.
0: All right. Uh, interesting one uh, for us to keep watching, for sure. Uh, Mom. We only have a couple of minutes, but this one as well. We know our courts are supposed to be open. They're open to the public. But there's a case going on that we know very little about.
1: Yeah, so I talked to Simi about this last week. Uh, Keith Fraser, the uh, post-media court reporter, uh, discovered last uh, a week ago today that there was a tr- secret trial going on in B.C. Supreme Court, set down for six weeks. And the only thing on the docket was named persons versus the attorney general there's an irony in that because the named persons are not named they're unnamed and we know next to nothing about the case uh the court clerk asked fraser to leave the courtroom because the courtroom was closed the record is sealed everything is sealed about this case we know nothing about what this case is about so post media hired a lawyer and sent the lawyer into court last thursday Basically making the argument you just made, Jill, the courts are supposed to be open in Canada, and where they're going to be closed, the media is usually given an opportunity ahead of time to make applications around this. Uh, the post-media lawyer basically got nowhere. Uh, the case is in front of the Chief Justice, Justice Hinkson, and he said, uh, look, I'm aware of, uh, you know, the arguments that the courts are open uh, in Canada, but the circumstances here are rare and extraordinary, and the matter remains sealed. Uh, the post-media was denied standing to appear in that courtroom. So I wish I could tell you more about the case, uh, Jill. I think the media should be watching this one. But your guess is as good as mine, what it's all about.
0: Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get uh, a bit more information on that. Uh, Vaughn, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much. We'll chat with you tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.